Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to this episode of Strange Catholics. Today we're going to talk about Divine Mercy, a great feast that will be celebrated on the second Sunday of Easter this upcoming weekend, April 10th and 11th. The saint this week is St. Faustina Kowalska, who was the messenger of the Divine Mercy. To start with opening prayer, we'll turn it over to Terry. Happy Easter, Terry. Happy Easter, Phil. Happy Easter, Bob. And happy Easter to all of our podcast listeners. Praise be to God for the risen Christ. Let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending us your Son, for the gift of his resurrection, and the gift of divine mercy because of not only his death on the cross, but his life as well and pouring out mercy upon each and every one of us every day. God, now that uh, we're com- we come together, we lift up your name in prayer, and we just ask the Holy Spirit to come down upon the three of us as we evangelize to your people through this great platform of podcasting. And Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless each and all of our listeners throughout their day, their week, and their lives. We pray all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks, Terry. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise be to God. Alleluia, Alleluia. We could do that for the whole podcast, but we I don't could, know if everybody listened to that whole thing. <laughs> Probably but I not. think after about five minutes, people would just hit stop and move on. I would, ho- I would hope they would have the sense to do that. Hey, just quickly here before we get into talking about Divine Mercy Sunday, you know, the octave. You know, when we're talking about mercy here and, and just getting the first shot of Java here at the beginning. A lot of things have happened over the last, you know, week or so, you know, Holy Week. It was obviously a wonderful time for us to reflect, um, you know, to go through Christ dying and then rising again and hallelujah, as we said. But some other things happened in the world that weren't so grace, that weren't so great. We obviously had the issue at the Capitol here in the United States where two people died. We certainly continue to have a problem at the southern border with many young children coming across. We saw for the month of March, 
there was a record number that came across. <clears throat> it just makes me once again, you know, think about how great my life is and how some people's life, you know, they're struggling a whole lot. And, you know, how, you know, I should be thinking about and we should be thinking about being merciful, you know, to them besides the fact of having contrition and asking for mercy from from God and and in the wonderful grace that God gives us is being merciful to others, right? Yes. There are so many other people that are just not you know that are so much more less fortunate than we are. Uh, a a child that's been separated from his family that's on the border, the family of of an officer that was, you know, slain on Good Friday at the Capitol. I mean, there's just there's just so many things out there and it just makes you stop, take pause, take inventory, right? So as we go forward and talk about Divine Mercy Sunday, the act of contrition, you know, how that fits into that with confession and all that and, and how this started and then even in, roll into the wonderful Saint Faustina, you know, it all links together, okay? It's all about mercy and it's not just asking for mercy. It is being a merciful uh, person and and being merciful towards others. Amen. So that's that's Absolutely. really what I have to add to the, you know, to this uh, Java Fest here to get us started. Well said. Yeah. I mean, this obviously leads into our topic, but to button it up a little bit, I think it's really amazing to to reflect the way you are because that is a big component of this message of mercy is that. The mercy is not just for us, for ourselves to keep to ourselves, but we need to, as you say, share that mercy with our neighbors. We need to reflect that mercy we've been given, you know, be a conduit of those graces we're being given by God for others. But one other thing, too, I wanted to to bring up to to kind of add to that mercy, too, is is the darkness that occurred on Palm Sunday in Indonesia and the attack on the church of extremists and just how we can pour out mercy, not only for those who were affected by that, but for the attackers as well. Something that we just need to recognize in that other person who may or may not be uh, a believer in Christ. They still deserve Christ's mercy because of their inherent dignity as being made in the likeness and the image of God. And I invite our listeners and those listening, you know, throughout all of podcast land, no matter who you meet on the street, whether whether you think that they're somebody who who you may like or dislike remember that that is a child of god that you are encountering today tomorrow next week and look for the christ in that person that's all i have i like to think of it as a opportunity for mercy so how can we whenever we encounter someone whatever it is someone on the street uh some of my going abouts on holy saturday we encountered a number of people uh, that, you know, did not have homes, we'll say, probably. Um, and so, you know, it's an opportunity for mercy. 
asking their name, you can still offer them something. If you have like care bags or whatever you have in your car, you can offer them those things, but also asking for their name so you can lift them up in prayer and ask them to please pray for you as well. So yeah, beautiful, beautiful insight. There was also a, a priest in Mexico. I'm not going to remember the name of the city. Uh, Father Gutierrez Gonzalez uh, was shot dead, uh, I think, on the vigil of Palm Sunday or on Palm Sunday. One of the two, they found him, I think, uh, Monday of Holy Week. Same kind of thing. He was he just finished mass and was going to go uh, something else liturgical he was going to. And he was shot at, right outside of his car. So there's plenty of these types of instances we we, we oh, can yeah. all bring up, right? Absolutely. And so sometimes, and we, you know, and I'll I'll say this now instead of in the in the main topic portion is, people say to themselves, "What can I do?" Right? What can I do? Right? You sometimes you you can do something. You can provide something. Phil, you talked about providing something. You know, whether it's housing, food companionship, whatever it is, right? Hope. Yep. You can help yeah. provide hope. But you can provide something for the folks in India. You you can pray for them. I mean you can pray for them. Okay. So so we do that at the end of every podcast. And and you know, that's what you can do. You can pray for, for mercy. You can pray for all for all kinds of things. So I think that's very important. There's always something we can do, and that's with prayer. And that's all I have. And prayer is powerful. It is. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, so we're going to talk about divine mercy. And a part of divine mercy is definitely a prayer. It's called the Divine Mercy Chaplet. There's also a novena that started on Good Friday, uh, the Divine Mercy Novena. But all in all, really, divine mercy is recognizing the mercy of God, giving to us the graces based on our trust, right? So the more we trust God, more we surrender our lives to God, the more that we're going to be able to take in those graces he's freely offering us. And that's to summarize, to, con you know, to really encapsulate divine mercy. God's mercy is out there. We just have to be willing to trust in his mercy. And that's a big part of the message that St. Faustina was bringing. Uh, in her diary, she has some beautiful conversations with Jesus. And uh, Bob had actually shared a video with us uh, from last year's Divine Mercy. And uh, it's Father Chris Alar that's doing, uh, giving this brief uh, kind of background on Divine Mercy and St. Faustina. And he calls her a prophet, which I would agree, because you can see the prophetic message that she's bringing and this need for all of us to accept this divine mercy, the divine, the mercy of Jesus Christ. And before we go too much into, you know, all of those things in Divine Mercy Sunday, I just wanted to just give that divine mercy is just that it's God's graces. He's showering down upon us. We just have to be willing to trust in him to take in more of those graces. And as we talked about at the beginning, not so that we just are filling ourselves up, but really so that we become a conduit of God's mercy and grace for others through our prayers, through our works. That's what it's about, helping others, being the hands and feet, as we've talked about. So one thing that I thought was very important to cover is, you know, 
why is divine mercy even relevant? Why do we even need this today? And I, I think a really a, a very large reason why we need this today is the need that we have as a world to heal. There's so much healing that we need in our world. And I know that if everyone would just turn to Jesus Christ's divine mercy, accept it, trust it, I mean, the the change would be remarkable. And that's really what Christ was asking for in the divine mercy, was that everyone trust in his mercy. And I think that's a really important to think about and to pray with. You know, how am I not trusting and surrendering my entire life to God, right? That's part of what, so we're, we're still in this octave of Easter, right? That's, that's what Bob mentioned at the beginning. So we still are, so if you do the Liturgy of the Hours or Divine Office, the readings are going to be the same. We're going to have the exact same stuff going on, you know what I mean, for the next eight days. And that's part of it because we see it as like one day. And maybe by day five, you're like, man, I've re-, but if you really are praying with these things, there's something you can get out of these. So again, we can all grow in greater trust of God's mercy. Jesus said to St. Faustina, my daughter, if I demand through you that people revere my mercy, you should be the first to distinguish yourself by this confidence in my mercy. I demand from you deeds of mercy, which are to arise out of love for me. You are to show mercy to your neighbors always and everywhere. You must not shrink from this or try to excuse or absolve yourself from it. I am giving you three ways of exercising mercy toward your neighbor. The first, by deed. The second, by word. The third, by prayer. In these three degrees is contained the fullness of mercy. And it is an unquestionable proof of love for me. By this means, a soul glorifies and pays reverence to my mercy. Yes, the first Sunday after Easter is the Feast of Mercy. But there must also be acts of mercy, and I demand the worship of my mercy through the solemn celebration of the feast and through the veneration of the image which is painted. By means of this image, I shall grant many graces to souls. It is to be a reminder of the demands of my mercy, because even the strongest faith is of no avail without works. So to summarize a lot about what we talked about in the beginning, there it is from Diary 742. Uh, beautiful diary. I highly recommend. Uh, it's I think maybe ten dollars online. Uh, there might, if if there's a free version, forgive me. I don't know about that, but so it's it's very it's very easy reading. I would say you know it, it's something you can get through relatively quickly. Now it doesn't mean that you should just plow through it, but it's easier than maybe uh, Fulton Sheen's Life of Christ. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, okay. Divine Mercy Sunday is is not just a feast based on St. Faustina's revelations, because Divine Mercy isn't just this message that St. Faustina received in the 20th century, but it, but it's, and it's really not like a new feast. Really what it is, is we're, we're in that solemnity, right? And in that octave, we're highlighting the meaning of the day. So that's, we're trying to encapsulate all this. St. Faustina helped make us aware of this unique mercy, but I mean, or the way God's mercy and graces are flowing, but we've already seen this in some ways. Uh, St. Mary Alacoque uh, with the Sacred Heart, we, we see, you know, 
reflections of this through time, through beautiful devotions throughout the church. And divine mercy is just kind of, you know, an even greater revelation. And so I'm going to move now on to the image because I know I don't want to go too long on some things and I really want to get to these things. The divine mercy image, which I will link to a couple different versions. So there's one that's really popular popular in the United States, Hilna, if I if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But the the that image is very popular. It has um, all of the images that are going to be painted. There's many different painters that have done this. All of the images are going to have similarities, um, but there's some really unique characteristics in a couple of these. So in the Vilnius image, there's actually some parallels with this image and the Shroud of Turin. So if you're not familiar, there's a Shroud of Turin. A, a lot of evidence seems to show that this was a burial cloth for someone that was crucified. I personally believe that this really was the burial cloth of Christ. There's a lot of compelling evidence to show that. There's a couple weird dating things, but listening to the, uh, you know, the people that are in charge of the shroud, you know, talking through and helping people understand, it just there's a lot of evidence. Anyways, so this Vilnius image, which we will also link to, is also very popular, and this image. If you were to take them and place it over the Shroud of Turin, lines up, especially like on the facial characteristics, a lot of different things, it lines up exactly. Like you could it you could not come up with that on your own so that you can see something miraculous in the image. And Jesus said to St. Faustina, because she was never satisfied with any version of the image, she was she wept because she was so upset that it did not reflect Christ's beauty his dignity. It just didn't give everything that she had had been given in her vision. And Jesus said to her, I want to be solemnly blessed on the first Sunday after Easter. And I, w- I want the image to be venerated publicly so that every soul may know about it. And he, he said, it's not about the brushes. It's not about the exact image, but it's really my graces available to those that are revering my divine mercy. That's what it's about. We're not worshiping the image. We're not. What we're doing is re- recognizing Jesus Christ. And what's beautiful in this image is we you have so much. So if you're looking at an image, hopefully you can click on the link in the in the description. You can look at the link while we talk about it. Uh, I may make it the icon if there's no copyright problems with that. But so the image shows. Uh, a garment like one would wear either an alb in our you know tw- 21st century priesthood like a priest would wear or like a jewish priest would wear back in the day it also has his right hand in blessing and his left hand on his heart and another beautiful characteristic uh you know we see the the blood and the water pouring forth as we just heard on good friday when the soldier uh uh, thrust the the spear, the lance into the side of Christ and blood and water flowed out. That's what we see in this image. But then also notice that Christ's left foot is stepping toward us instead of with like the sacred heart and other devotions where, you know, kind of we're seeking it out here. This is Christ seeking us out. He longs to give us his mercy. Excellent, excellent work, Phil. Yes. Divine mercy. Wow, what just leaves me speechless. Uh, 
I had the good fortune of uh, being exposed or being pointed in the direction of Divine Mercy and Divine Mercy Sunday uh, through some friends of mine, Eric and Julie, wonderful, wonderful, great Catholics. They, for the birth of our first child, sent us a gift uh, or a card from the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy saying that uh, the Sisters of the Congregation of the Marian Fathers of the Conception of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary were going to be praying for a full year for our daughter, our wow. newborn daughter. Wow. And so I started doing a little bit of investigating because this is something that I'd really never heard of. Right. And as I delved deeper into it, it really awestruck me. And so um, prior to, and, and maybe that is a contribution to my road on the way to ordination, mm. um, I, I picked up on the Divine Mercy, began praying the Divine Mercy Novena on a monthly basis, the first nine days of the month. And uh, the graces and the blessings and the peace that flowed Amen. from being able to to pray that Divine Mercy Novena, I just thought, wow, this is a very powerful prayer. And we'll get into a little bit more about, you know, St. Faustina in the Saint Spotlight. So I don't want to, you know, I'll leave that for now. But um the prayer of the divine mercy is, is amazing. It is. Yeah. Praise God. I, I, I have quite a devotion. Uh, we have many divine mercy images in our house. Uh, <laughs> I, I have quite a devotion to divine mercy. Uh, I forgot to mention uh, the phrase that is on the bottom is Jesus. I trust in you. And that's really what we're supposed to do is really place all of our trust in our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Bob, what do you got? other than the dog on the bed that you're petting. <laughs> so one of the uh, links that I've sent is from the, from the shrine yep. of Divine Up Mercy, in... right? Yeah. Yep. In Massachusetts, I thought it was. Yeah, Stockbridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and he gives a pretty good reflection. Obviously, there's no 2021 reflections yet, right? Because we're not there yet. And some of the 2020 reflections are a little bit COVID-based, right? Because people were stuck in their homes then. But but really, they did speak very, very good about uh, Divine Mercy and St. Faustina and that whole... Uh, I guess what I would say is that... You know, our lives are really, really complicated, really complicated stuff. We've already talked about some bad things that have happened in the last week. There's always bad things that are happening, right? And the nice thing about the church and about God is we really simplify things sometimes very, very well, right? So, you know, mercy is really simple. It's really a simple thing. And and it's really a simple process, right? And it's simple to go and ask for God's mercy to be contrite about things that you've done that you've wrong that you've sinned. And then it's, it's easy to show basic mercy to other people. So, I mean, it's really the essence of who we are as human beings, right? 
the ability to get mercy mercy from our God, our loving God, and also who wants to give us that grace and that mercy, and then also our ability to give mercy to someone else by just saying, "Hey, hello, how are you? Um, I'm thinking about you. I hope you're doing well." That type of thing. So. That's really all I have to add to this wonderful conversation about mercy. Even just simply sending somebody a, a text message too, Bob, just to add to your thought, you know, just to, you know, like we were texting back and forth last night after the Easter vigil, um, just simply some something very simple like that, just saying, hey, thinking about you, hoping that you're having a blessed day. Right. I take back all the comments I said about you being late. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. I appreciate that. That's all right. None of those were recorded, so it was like it didn't even happen. We wouldn't maybe need mercy if we could just say, "Oh, that never happened." Yeah, yeah. it's not recorded. It Good never point. happened. Good point. <laughs> I I was thinking sometimes it can be less easy to show mercy to others than it can be to ask for God's mercy. You know, I think that can be some of, that can almost be somewhat of a stumbling block. And I don't know if it's, you know, it's maybe we don't, we're not willing to be that humble or to get out of the way of our own pride sometimes. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I feel like asking for God's mercy for me, at least, is a lot easier than just always being merciful to other people. To me, that that's a lot more difficult. You know, I, I like the idea, like prayer, prayer for me. Yeah, I can do prayer. But sometimes that actually showing mercy to others is a, a, a lot more challenging. At least that's that's my personal take. You made it sound like it's really so easy, Bob. So I was like, I oh, uh. well, I mean, those who know me know how much of a merciful person I really am. What I would say is I would say the opposite. I think it's easy to show mercy, certainly at time. I mean, I'm I'm a very cynical individual in some of the things I say. But those who know me best know that I'm probably not that hard to get along with and and so on if they un, you know once you understand the person and we're all different in the way we do things but i think it's easier to show general being generally gracious and merciful towards other people sometimes it's hard to be sometimes it's hard to be empathetic and then show mercy to other people i think though it's harder for us to be that we feel that we're being self-critical of ours. We can be self-critical of ourselves, mm, okay, but we yeah. don't, we don't really want to give that to God. And I don't know if that's a, if there's a shame component in that or, or what it is, you like know, a the, pride vanity kind of a thing almost. Yeah. It might be. I mean, I yeah. think for, for, for Catholics, sometimes it's, you know, I don't really want to tell it to another person. You know, it happens to be the priest and, 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 a lot of times we totally misunderstand that relationship. But mm. uh, I think that especially the things that we do that we don't talk to each other about, right, that only we know about, yeah. those are the types of things that I think we would have we had to have trouble talking about. So I think when we go into the confessional, we want to be contrite and ask for mercy. We're going to do we're just going to give the wave tops, right? We're going to. We're not going to go deep in the water. We're just going to give the wave tops, right? Uh, maybe I maybe I used foul language. I didn't treat Phil and Terry as good as I should have. I didn't treat my wife as good. You know, and then they're like, okay, well, let's get deeper into the water. 
Ah, there's nothing there. Well, there's a lot there. It's a really deep ocean. And we need to ha- we need to ask for mercy for all of that. I think it's hard for us individually to do that. And and I think I mean I know we've talked about this when we talked about confession before. But one thing that I think is I I believe I've talked about this how there's a image of confession and divine mercy kind of tied into each other. I think I've talked about that before. Yes. Well, they certainly are related. Yeah. So so there's this beautiful image of we're a podcast phil they can't see the picture i'll link to it so they can find it but we'll talk through it and they'll be able to see it but so in this image there's a gentleman who's kneeling down for the sacrament of reconciliation confession you can see a priest extending his hand so this is the time of absolution and behind the priest there is jesus standing there with the rays of blood and water he's raising his hand and blessing just like he's doing in the other images and you can see that those rays of mercy flowing onto the penitent, the one that's there to confess his sins. And, quote, hide nothing from your confessor. A sick man can be cured only by revealing his wounds. St. Margaret of Cortana. Cortona. I do. Th- I think it's got to be, a, a, you know, a little bit of pride and a, and a little bit of shame. You yeah. know, our baggage is yeah. ours and we don't want to share it with anyone else, whether that's a priest or God or anyone else. Um, and then, and then it's all, you know, I think so. I think that's the pride part. And then the shame, obviously we, we all do things that we're not proud of. We're not happy of, about happy. About. Oh yeah. We're all, we're all fallen sinners. Right. So, right. And, Absolutely. And, and yeah. And it's right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's breaking. So especially on this feast of divine mercy, if you can get to confession before or shortly after this great feast, there's a, there's extra graces that Christ is showering down upon us as we revere his divine mercy. So if you can, you know, really carve out some time, get to confession, spend some time in reflection. Uh, we'll again link to the Fathers of Mercy Examination of Conscience. I uh, just used that for my RCIA people this weekend, and I think it's beautifully helpful. Make an appointment if you have to with a nearby priest, whatever, but get to confession and just be hide nothing as this quote says hide nothing from your confessor because hiding it is actually is is limiting your ability to really be free of all of those things and i know we've talked about this on a number of podcasts but just reiterating that because that is how even more of god's mercy his graces to shower down upon us and if you're a man and you're a proud man and you're a western man an American man, and you think that you can solve all your own problems, okay, you can't. But if you think you can, at least, you know, you should have the cojones to be able to go in and say the things that you've done wrong, to ask for mercy, even if you don't believe it, even if there's just a small chance, what's the harm? What's the harm? to yeah. go to confession and and spill the beans and ask for mercy. Even I, You know what? I, this is for the folks out there who aren't completely sold that God can give you this. What's the harm in it? There is no harm in it. Okay, even right. if there's a sliver yep. of a chance, just do it. Okay? So don't don't be too proud. Don't think I can solve my problems. 
I mean, we all need each other and we all need God. So. Amen. Get there. Get it done. Get it done. And I'll just add one other thing to the, the conversation here. And that is when you do get to confession. And I know that we've talked about this on other podcasts, but it's a point that I think needs to be repeated. When you get to confession and you've been absolved of your sins from the confessor, that weight that the sin holds you down and now has been lifted off of your shoulders and off of your body makes you feel so free and so light and lighthearted. It is palpable. Okay. Time to take a break. We'll be back right after this. We're back. We paid the bills. At least we tried to. And now it's time for the always popular Saint Spotlight. Terry. Thank you, Bob. And we are going to break some brand new ground here on the podcast this very night, day, whenever you're listening to this. We are actually featuring a saint in the Saint Spotlight whose feast day does not occur within the week that we release the podcast. Brand new stuff. I know it's riveting and it's got everybody on the edge of their seat. But because of the importance of this celebration of Divine Mercy Sunday and the channel through which God chose to reveal to the world or one of the channels, uh, St. Faustina, we are now profiling this great saint. So St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, her actual feast day is October the 5th. She is the patron saint, of course, of mercy, World Youth Day of 2016, and the Sisters of Reparation to the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. Sister Faustina was born August 25th, 1905, in what is now West Central Poland of a poor religious family of peasants, the third of 10 children. She was baptized with the name Helena in her parish church from a very tender age. She stood out because of her love of prayer, work, obedience, and her sensitivity to the poor. At the age of seven, she had already felt the first stirrings of a religious vocation while attending the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. Helena made her first Holy Communion at the age of nine, which was very prof- a very profound moment in her awareness of the presence of the divine guest within her soul. After finishing her schooling, Faustina wanted to immediately join a convent. However, her parents refused to let her. Instead, at the age of 16 years old, Faustina became a housekeeper to help her parents and support herself. In 1924, Faustina experienced her first vision of Jesus while at a dance with her sister Natalia. Faustina saw a suffering Jesus and then went to a cathedral. According to Faustina, Jesus instructed her to leave for Warsaw immediately and join a convent. Faustina packed her bags at once and departed the following morning. She took a train for Warsaw some 85 miles away 
without asking her parents' permission, and despite the fact that she knew nobody in the city of Warsaw. Her only belongings she took were the dress that she was wearing. When she arrived in Warsaw, she entered St. James Church, the first church she came across and attended daily Mass. While in Warsaw, Faustina approached many different convents, but was turned away every time. She was judged on her appearance and sometimes rejected for her poverty. In one case, being told that we do not accept maids here, a reference to her evident poverty. Sister Faustina could read and write and had three or four years of education. Finally, after several weeks of searching, the Mother Superior of the Congregation of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy decided to take in Sister Faustina on the condition that she would pay for her own religious habit. Working as a housekeeper, Faustina began to save her money and make deposits to the convent. On April 30th, 1926, at the age of 20 years old, she finally received her habit and took the religious name Sister Maria Faustina of the Blessed Sacrament. And in 1928, she took her first religious vows as a nun. Over the next year, she traveled convents as a cook. In May of 1930, she arrived in Plock, Poland, and soon after, she began to show the first signs of her illness and was sent away to rest. Several months later, Faustina returned to the convent. On February 22, 1931, Faustina was visited by Jesus, who presented himself as the King of Divine Mercy, wearing a white garment with red and pale rays coming from his heart. She was asked to become the apostle and secretary of God's mercy, a model of how to be merciful to others and an instrument for re-emphasizing God's plan of mercy for the world. In her diary, Faustina writes, In the evening when I was in my cell, I became aware of the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment, one hand was raised in blessing, the other was touching the garment at the breast. From the opening of the garment at the breast, there came forth two large rays, one red, the other pale. In silence, I gazed intently at the Lord. My soul was overwhelmed with fear, but also with great joy. After a while, Jesus said to me, paint an image according to the pattern you see with the inscription, Jesus, I trust in you. Faustina also describes that during the same message, Jesus explained he wanted the divine mercy image to be solemnly blessed on the first Sunday after Easter. That Sunday is to be the Feast of Mercy. Faustina, not knowing how to paint, asked around her Plock convent for help, but was denied. It wasn't until three years later, in 1934, that the first painting of the image was created. In 1936, Faustina fell ill again. She moved to the sanitarium 
near Krakow and continued to spend most of her time in prayer. In July of 1937, the very first holy cards with the Divine Mercy image were created and Faustina provided instructions for the Novena of Divine Mercy, which she reported was a message from Jesus. Throughout the rest of the year of 1937, the Divine Mercy image continued to be promoted and grow in popularity. Faustina's health significantly deteriorated by the end of 1937. Her visions intensified, and she was said to be looking forward to the end of her life. On October 5th, 1938, Faustina passed away. She was buried two days later and currently rests at the Basilica of the Divine Mercy in Krakow, Poland. And one last point, in 1965, Archbishop of Krakow, Karol Wojtyla, would later, who would later become Pope John Paul II opened up the first investigations into Faustina's life and virtues. He submitted a number of documents on her life to the Vatican and requested the official beatification process to start. He was then able, as Pope, to not only beatify her on April 18, 1993, but he was also able to canonize her on April 30, 2000. Saint Faustina, pray for us. Pray for us. On so you, April thirtieth, two thousand is when uh, Saint Faustina was canonized. She is the first canonized saint of the new millennia. So we can really see as divine mercy being this message for the new millennia. And I mispronounced uh, the. It's Hyla. It's I don't know what I said before, but it's Hyla is the image uh, or Vilnius. So my bad. Yeah, what's, what I think, so you talked a little bit about her schooling or whatever, but she actually was, uh, from what I recall reading, not very well read, and she found herself wholly unworthy because look at what I'm writing. I can't write what you're, t what you're telling me. I can't. And still he, you know, he, our Lord entrusted her to be this secretary, this uh, apostle of divine mercy. Well, he certainly wasn't going to entrust the mother superior who said, hey, we don't want you. Oh, but if you're going to be here, you're going to have to pay for your own way. Okay. I'm just saying that it's a good example of what we discussed before, that being able to show mercy to others, because she was seen, it seemed, at least from Terry's portrayal, that she wasn't treated very well, especially by the church. The church didn't treat her that well either. The folks that were not the church itself, but the humans that were operating portions of the church at the time and the, i mean she just has a it, it's amazing because if you read her diary it's gonna lay, i mean it has dates and everything all laid out you know so you can just track along as terry's reading here's the date here's where he is in the chronology it's really cool anyways but if you read the diary which i highly suggest um or even just free samples online you'll get through the chronology and a number of uh her different paragraphs that she's writing here and you can just see how God is trying to bring this message of divine mercy to this very humble secretary in St. Faustina. Which only further proves to me, gentlemen, that God not only uses great people, but he uses very simple and humble people to 
use as a channel for his message. Yeah, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the calls called. Love that. Right. So this gives me a good opportunity to say that he probably is probably what we're talking about is this podcast. So um, most simple folks out there uh, to bring forward his message. And this gives me another opportunity to ask our, our listeners out there to rate us. Please go on the podcast platform that you are listening to, listening to this podcast and rate us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, which I think is the majority of you, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever's out there, where, wherever you find us, and rate us five. Please show us mercy. We know that we're bad, but please show us mercy and rate us five. We'd appreciate that because it helps us. Uh, helps find more people find the podcast. There's a lot of things that's worthwhile oh, yeah. to rate us five. And please also leave us a comment. Whether you leave us a comment on the podcast platform you listen to us uh, on, uh, whether you uh, leave a prayer intention on there, that's fine. There's also another place you can do it at, and that place is strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics. And there's a new podcast platform that I discovered where you can leave, leave comments on. It's called pod bean. And I'll link to it, to our podcast on that platform. If you prefer to listen that way, but we can engage in a conversation there in a unique way. Uh, so if you'd like to check out pod bean, it's free. It's another way to listen to your podcast. Uh, I just saw that there was a, there were some comments out there, so I thought I would go in and check it out. So Podbean is another way that you can listen to our podcast and we can interact with you. And your comments don't have to be merciful. I mean, you can just say whatever you think. Amen. Please, tell yes. us the, please tell us the truth. We'd appreciate it. They can tell everybody or they can email us and say how badly I pronounce Cartagena. Yes, yes. <laughs> or how many times I say um during this podcast, they could say that as well. Hopefully we get those edited out. Yeah, they won't even hear him, I don't think, most of the time. <laughs> I'm much better than I used to be. Yes, yes, you are. This episode especially. Getting down right. to business. Yep. So now it's time for final prayer. And Phil, you're doing final prayer tonight, correct? Sure am. Yes, I am. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we bring before you these prayers and petitions that we have in our hearts, those of our community. We just ask you to hear, bless these prayers. Let your mercy, your divine mercy, wash over our intentions. We pray for the protection of life from conception until natural death. For the family of the sl of slain officer Evans, for the repose of his soul and the soul of the assailant and the assailant's family. For all world leaders, that they emulate the light of Christ in this Easter season. For all marriages, especially those that are struggling in their marriage, that there be reconciliation, mercy, and peace. We pray for those who have been divorced that they may find healing in the loving arms of Christ and let your divine mercy wash over them. We pray for a solution to the humanitarian crisis we have at the border, especially for the young people that are coming unaccompanied. Lord, you are our God, our loving God, and we know that you can, with your mighty arm, 
do as you will. Please guide those people that are helping all of those at the border. Help them to make good and just and loving and merciful neighborly charitable decisions to help everyone. We pray for Mary and all of those that are battling cancer, that you, the divine physician, would reach down your healing hand in accordance with your will. We pray for greater Easter zeal and devotion to our Lord's divine mercy that you freely give to each and every one of us. Let us embrace that divine mercy through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Look forward to talking to you guys next week. And until then, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message. Or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day. And may God bless you.